across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have a great guest today. I have Mr. Doc Compton on the line, and Doc Compton runs bestcredityet.com. He basically is a guy that hyper-focuses on how consumers can increase their credit score so they can buy a house. And he's going to go over with us today five absolute things that anybody can do, whether it's you or whether it's your clients, because it's good to know this. Guys, if you're a real estate agent and you already have a 775 credit score, it's not to say you shouldn't listen because you may have to give advice to some people someday on some easy tips to raise their score from 550 to 700 or whatever they need to do to get that loan. So Doc is going to hook us up with some really fast and furious techniques that you could train anybody to use. So without further ado, Doc, welcome to Pat Hyben interviews real estate rock stars. Thanks a lot, Pat. I'm, I'm very glad to be a part of this. I really am. So Doc, you know, in today's market, if a real estate agent is driving some buyers around, right? And this is an awkward question, but just let's just pretend for a minute. And they said to them, hey, what's your credit score? What should one strive to make their credit score? Well, you know, that's uh, it's kind of a loaded question because obviously higher is better. Um, you know, depending on who you talk to, what lender you talk to, you're going to get a different answer for what's ideal. But higher is always better. Um, some of the programs, I mean, FHA, typically you're going to need between a 620 and 640 in order to be able to get done. Um, the lower that score is, the more likely you are to have to come up with a little bit extra money, the more likely you are to have to offer some letters of explanation about some previous lates or some things like that. But the higher you go, 680, 700, 720, 740, and so on, A, the less likely you're going to have to provide any of that additional information, and B, uh, the less money you're, you're typically going to have to put up in order to get the property. Conventional loan, I know they have different barriers there for conventional loan with mortgage insurance, without mortgage insurance. What's a good number there to strive for? Well, ideally, um, you know, if you're not going the FHA route, I would typically say somewhere around 680 is probably your your best lead in. Uh, anything below that and you start running into some some difficulties in terms of, you know, the amount of information you're going to have to provide and and so on. Okay. So let's say that that same client tells you, hey, you know, 620 or you check it and it's whatever it is, 595, what have you. We want the real estate agent listening today to be able to give them tips. You say you have five tips that they can do immediately to jack that score up. So let's dig into this, guys. And, and I want everybody listening to write this down. So all right, what's the first thing they need to do, Doc? Well, number one, the first thing is you have to have a certain measure of awareness about exactly where you are. I suggest anytime anybody's going to make a purchase moving forward, you know, maybe in the next six months or nine months, 12 months, even three months, it's not a bad idea to subscribe to some sort of monitoring service. 
And I don't mean the credit karmas. I don't mean the credit sesames. I mean one that you actually pay 15, 20, 25 bucks a month for. And the reason I separate the two, the credit karmas, the credit sesames, they do offer valuable information, but really keeping in mind that nothing is truly free. They give you the score, they give you some basic information, but really what they're doing is using your information as a lead gen tool so that they can then sell that information, that same data that the bureaus collect to other vendors. For example, if you have low scores, well then they're gonna sell it to credit repair companies. If uh, they see that you shop at Target because you've input your banking information, they can see that you shop at Target 10 times a month, well, then obviously they're going to go to Target and go, hey, this is a person you should probably send a, a credit card to. So with respect to what it is that I, I suggest, there are a number of websites and tools out there where you can actually request a scored report, a three-bureau, three-score report. I definitely suggest getting all three bureaus. That's another downfall to the credit karmas of the world. Sometimes they only capture one give me, give me, bureau. Give me two names of, of websites you would recommend. Well, you can go to creditgecko.com. Okay. Creditgecko.com has uh, three tabs essentially on it. One is for credit cards, one is for loans, and one is for credit report scores and monitoring. Any of the options, full disclosure, that is my site, but any of those options that are on there offer a three bureau, three score report. They've been very, uh, very carefully vetted, and they're gonna they're gonna give you the options uh, for the best possible credit monitoring services. Okay. Okay, fair enough. So, so sign up for a service, pay the fee, whatever, 10, 15 bucks a month. Watch it like a hawk. Watch it hopefully go up. Okay, what's the second thing you need to do? Second thing is if you know that you're about to make a purchase, there's some basics you need to keep in mind. Number one, intelligent inquiries. You know, everybody goes shopping toward the end of the year, you know, the holidays and whatnot, and hopefully they didn't go out and get sucked into the do you want to apply for a, you know, blankety blank store? Uh, credit card accounts, you get the 10% discount today because those inquiries do hurt you. Uh, they can negatively impact your score and it's it's completely unnecessary. The long-term cost of doing those things is significant. So intelligent inquiries is one thing. The other thing is maintaining low balances. Now notice I said low and not zero balances. Um, I have always uh, believed that if you have a $5 balance, it's better than a $0 balance. And the reason for that is the nominal amount of interest that you might pay on a five or ten dollar balance is going to show that there's activity on that account which can help your score specifically okay so if you have a credit credit limit of five grand get it down to 1500 and just let it ride at 1500 or what have you but but get it so that there's some fat in there so it's showing that you're not using all of the credit available to you that you're not desperate and exactly out, right yeah. and 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 much like i said with the credit scores the number there's no magic balance number typically i say lower is better now keeping in mind that the bureau's biggest clients aren't you the consumer us the consumers the biggest clients are the banks and those are the people who rely on this information and if i'm a lender and i'm looking at your credit balances and i see that you carry a fifteen hundred dollar balance on a five thousand dollar line of credit well then obviously i know that if i'm a bank and i lend you money the likelihood of me making money on the interest is pretty high so they do take into account those kinds of things Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Good stuff. So one and two, what, what's the third thing we can do to, to get that score jacked up? 
Well, for those, you know, as I said before, I get a lot of people that come to me with, say, a 680 credit score. And, you know, they say, I don't understand. You know, I make good money. I have, a, a, you know, tons of credit cards. I pay them off every single month. And I only have a 680 credit score. Why is that possible? Well, what a lot of people don't realize is that very often the day that the credit card company reports to the bureaus, it can be three days or so before the um, day that the balance is actually due or the payment is actually due. So what ultimately ends up happening is they report you when your balance is at its absolute highest in, the month, in that particular monthly cycle. So for example, let's say you have a $10,000 credit card. You run it up because this is the one card you use every month for perks or miles or cashback or whatever. And you run it up to $9,000 every month and you pay it down. Well, common sense says, yeah, that's a good thing. But if they're reporting you at that $9,000 balance because you didn't pay it until a day after they reported, yeah, yeah. it makes you look as though you've got a 90% credit utilization right, ratio. Right. You never know when they're going to actually ping it. And if they happen to ping it right before it's due, right, then it's going to show that you owe all this money. Okay, so what do you well, do And about the great that? thing yeah. about that is, truthfully, Pat, is you can call the credit card company and you can ask them what day they report. And they'll actually tell you. It's really not that difficult. You say what? Okay, so you, you say what day do you report, and then you just make a conscious effort to pay your bills prior to the report date, so that every time the report comes out or the report ping happens, it's showing a low balance because you just paid it a couple of days ago. Absolutely. And another thing that you can do, very very simple fix, is you can ask them to adjust your payment date to something that is actually before the day that they report to all three bureaus. Yeah, I like that one. I like that one. It's simple and it makes it makes logical sense. And most people don't think, they think that they're going to give them like a rolling average of, of what they owed over the last 30 days. And that's not how it is. They're going to give you what it shows you owe today, which might not be the same thing as in three days if, if a check hits them and, and it pays it down. So that's really good. Okay, what's the fourth one there? Well, you kind of accidentally hinted on it. I don't recommend paying with a check. I recommend, first and foremost, I recommend paying online. Um, second, um, pay with an auto draft. A lot of people are not comfortable with auto drafts and so on, particularly if they're on a very tight budget uh, because it can send some things haywire if you end up screwing up your checking account or, or whatever. But I can tell you that very, very often if you send in a check, it may take a week, sometimes two weeks for that payment to actually go in and get processed at your credit card company. Secondly, let's, I mean, I, I would never throw the United States Postal Service under the bus, but goodness knows there have been some issues where things simply just don't show up from time to time. Whereas if you make that payment online electronically, there's a paper trail, you can demonstrate that you made it on the particular date by the due date and that there's no chance whatsoever of it having been late. The second thing, as I said, if you do it as an auto draft, there's no way whatsoever you can ever be late. Wow. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Good. I like that piece of advice too. Okay. Four solid tidbits here, guys. Okay. So what would the fifth and final thing be, would, would you say, Doc? Well, this one's a pretty simple one. Um, it's not something that's very well known though. There is something called pre-screen opt-out. Uh, where if you just type in prescreenoptout.com, it'll take you to a site where you can actually opt out of pre-screened offers for credit. And this covers insurance and credit cards. 
a lot of times people get overwhelmed, particularly this time of year, with credit card offers in the mail. You're pre-approved, you're pre-qualified, you're whatever. Um, if you go and do this opt-out pre-screen, what it does is limits the number of people who can actually see your credit. That's going to, number one, uh, reduce the amount of junk mail that you get. Number two, it's going to help prevent any sort of identity theft or fraud because the would-be thief who goes into your mailbox sees your name and a pre-approved credit offer and so on, snags it out of there and, you know, we know how that story ends. Um, that, that can be prevented as well. Um, the next thing would be there are collection agencies who, through misrepresentation and, and so on, will very often pretend to be something other than what they are and, by virtue of it, be able to see uh, information on your credit reports that they otherwise wouldn't be able to see. Um, that can make it, if you limit that, it can make it more difficult for certain collection agencies to uh, find their way onto your credit report. So where can one go to opt out? Is there a website uh, you could recommend? Yeah, it's optoutprescreen.com. Wow, that's easy. Opt out. If you just Google it, it, you can just Google opt out pre-screen and it'll come up anyway. That's awesome. That's awesome. I didn't know you could do that either. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a, a link to that on the show notes of Doc's interview here. And uh, everything will be at hybendigital.com backslash Doc Compton. And that's D-O-C-C-O-M-P-T-O-N. Compton. So just Doc. Like the city. Just like the city of Compton. That's it. Um, okay, Doc. Well, listen, th th this has been awesome. Th these are some great tips. Is there anything you'd like to leave, any words of advice that you'd like to leave our audience with before we sign off where they could think afterwards? You know, I remember that credit repair guy or that Superman credit man, let's call him, or best credit yet that guy came on and said this and always recommended this or warned me against this. You know what? The, it, credit is not a bad thing. Contrary to what your granddad told you, you know, I don't need credit cards and I don't need this and that. Credit is a tool, just like anything else. And you find me a very successful investor, and I'll I'll show you a man or woman who has very effectively used credit. Uh, there's nothing wrong with using other people's money so long as you do it intelligently and that you manage it effectively. It's going to be your best friend or your worst enemy no matter what. And the key is if you know how to run the system the same way that the system typically runs against you, uh, you can actually make a lot of money using credit and uh, definitely prevent some of the pitfalls that uh, a lot of the, the poor folks that end up at my desk have ended up finding themselves in. That's awesome. And at the same time, they can go to your website, right? And if they want to cut to the chase and, and let's say you're drive, they're driving around with a buyer and they're like, hey, you know, I'm at 630. I need to get to 670. Can they go to uh, bestcredityet.com and, and work with you? Absolutely. Typically, what I suggest is just search my name, D-O-C-C-O-M-P-T-O-N.com. It should come up relatively easily. That has links not only to bestcredityet.com, but to some of the uh, creditgecko.com, the website I mentioned earlier. Uh, and it also will take you to the credit repair page of the law firm's website. It also affords you the opportunity to contact me with any questions uh, that you have. Anything and everything that's consumer credit related, I'm more than happy to help. If I don't know the answer, uh, I'll be more than happy to defer you to someone who can. Um, whether you're looking for help with uh, someone in a particular area or particular area of expertise, either way, I'll, I'll be happy to connect you. 
That's awesome, Doc. Well, thank you for helping out the rock star nation here and helping real estate agents and consumers around the country, I'll say. Uh, and best of luck to you in McKinney, Texas. And, you know, if I'm up ever up in McKinney, we'll, we'll have to get together and uh, have a cup of coffee and break some bread. Outstanding. Sounds good to me. Have a good day, Doc. You too. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this session of Real Estate Rockstars. I'm Pat Hyben, and I appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock-solid advice. I encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with. These insights, along with goal-setting, will help carry you to achieving your destiny. Visit hybendigital.com for resources, how-tos, ebooks, and so much more. Also, reach out to us on Twitter. My handle is at Pat Hyben. And don't forget, Rockstar Nation, keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.